been everywhere early on. Oh, oh, he's got to kick his fall. The dancing feet of don't mind, Nick Martin. There's a new Martin in town. Draper wants to put an end to all this. Hands it over to Guelphie. Draper wants it back. The brush off runs into space. Outside the boot. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. The Bombers have won four in a row. They beat the arch-rival Carlton Football Club. They beat the Richmond Football Club within that four-game winning streak stretch. gone. Eight and five. Uh, 32 points on the ladder, six on the ladder, basically out on top four in percentage. It's good times to be an Essendon supporter. Absolutely. And uh, look, uh, on this show, we're going to have Ronnie Luna from the uh, who writes for the Herald Sun as, as special guest. So, look, we're not, we're not going to do too much of a, a massive introduction, but absolutely, what a fantastic game! Uh, I absolutely loved it, and um, there's something I wanted to talk about. Uh, with this game, and it's, it's small moments in this game that I haven't seen for a while. And there was a moment there where uh, an Essendon player got uh, on the boundary line, got shoved into the ground. Instantly, without thought, three guys went up to him and remonstrated with that Carlton guy. It sounds like a small thing. Fantastic. That's what um, I want to see. Absolutely. Um, second part, the captain kicks a goal Goes to his tagger, tells him all, all about it, all about it, <laughs> and and really revs up the the rest of the team. That's number two, and then the third one, Jake Stringer, um, uh, Joy Menzi gets back. Uh, he's two against one, and he's running, running back, and just gets a fist on the ball and goes to the boundary line. And Jake Stringer, like he's twenty years old, so excited to see someone do that. And there was the second part where you know. With that chain of, you know, that that play we've all watched a thousand times from the midfield, um, yeah, that handball chain and, and yep. goal. Have a look at that replay again and have a look at how crazy hype Jake Stringer is. He's, he's the most excited player. And it wasn't Jakey, he kicked it. Usually yeah. Jakey loves the goal himself. But he was so excited to see that whole play happen and see a bunch of kids just dissect the Carlton fo- Football Club. And it was just like, I was just thinking like, Gee, this club's in a really good rhythm and a good um, having a really nice feel to them at the moment. And Brad Scott got this team absolutely humming, got them consistent in their performance. And yeah, we're playing for each other. We're a team. We're a system, mate. If you watch, do yourselves a favor. If you watch the opening thirty seconds of the coverage when Essendon's walking up the race. I was watching it as you do, and you watch Zach Merritt out the front. He's game face. He is. He dead. He, he, that couldn't have been more serious. He was incredibly focused, incredibly serious. And look, we all know Zach is a very serious footballer. Like he doesn't doesn't do the touchy feely particularly well, but that's okay. He was the club is very very focused. Mason Redmond, when we had him on the show, I love saying that. When we had him on the show. <laughs> He was he wasn't the red dog anymore. Like he wasn't the super funny guy. He even said to us that he wanted to come back. He knows he's got a finite time in this league and he wants to come back and be and be serious and professional and win games of footy and win finals, right? That's what this club looks like now. 
Yeah, Jake, Jake Stringer's running around like a kid again. He's getting excited for the rookies. It's it's a great place. It would be a great it's place a to be at the club. Stable, happy, quiet place. Now, could we lose one in the next two, three weeks? Absolutely. It doesn't change. It yeah, doesn't yeah. change it, man. Like, and that's the thing. If somebody gets hold of us or somebody has a good game or the boys are off or, I mean, they if, have yeah, every right to be we have turnovers, tired, in a massive turnovers and it costs us the game, it won't be from effort. And maybe our boot... Might be slightly off. Maybe Righty's not kicking them. Maybe everybody's not kicking them, and we lose a game. That's fine. It's just the 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 consistency of the message and the players. It's very very clear. Uh, we 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 were sort of talking before the pod about um, us looking like uh, this sort of a couple of years ago, looking like Carlton this year. Carlton don't know what the hell to do with themselves. Like they're they're running around not knowing what to do. And Essendon is the exact opposite of that now. We we look structured. We look like we know what we're doing. And it's taken probably a very calm but very firm voice of Brad Scott to, to get us that way. So I think his whole thing of you want to play footy for us, here are the non-negotiables, got a touch of the Sydneys about it for mine, which I really like. Like the whole, good the whole Kirk thing about Kirk would walk up to the young kids and say, mate, here it is. Here's what it means to play for Sydney. You do this or you don't play, right? I like it. I really like it a lot. And, I'd, and I'm almost, almost lit off, almost lit off with regards to each week going, yep, you know what? Because West Coast are no good at the moment, because North Melbourne are no good, we should win that. And you know what? Port Adelaide over here, we should win that too. We've got enough boys and girls on the park and people coming back that we should win that as well. So could, couldn't be happier. Big call. Uh, but, yeah, I got what you mean. We should be competitive nearly every game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's it, it was just, you know, if, if that third quarter was just uh, – and I, I think I'd even tweeted out and said – I think I'd tweet out something like, come on, boys, withhold the, withhold the onslaught if you, and then counter. And it's kind of what we ended up doing. And we, we made sure at halftime that we were in the game and that we didn't get away from us. Um and boy, they came out so focused at three quarter time. And the amazing part is, and I, I'd love to talk about this with Ronnie Lerner after the break. Yep, is it was Merritt getting being removed from the midfield, and it was Martin Hobbs, Coldwell, yes, mate, <laughs> like Perkins, four guys twenty two and under have just gone up to Chera, Walsh, you know Kennedy. Crips and yep. said, "Thank you. We'll take the game over from here." Uh, the, you know, I, for me, I honestly can say this: that's that's the moment of the year for me. That quarter, because yeah. I, I think what a grand final. And when you're talking about top four teams, and I look at the top four teams, what I always see is the midfield from the fourth to the seventh kind of player, and how strong they are. Yeah, and to see that happen. With that young group, take it up to Carlton and obliterate them. Boy, I went, oh man, this club's going places now. Said, man, like, that you know, that's the most. I said this on our Patreon show yesterday. That was a different Hobbs for me that I saw. Uh, I, I've seen a Hobbs as a, he's kind of like a battler, um, done really nice things, been tough in clinches. Um, but his head was up. He was looking at options. An influencer. Making like good was, decisions. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know if anyone noticed this, two or three times he was smiling. He was enjoying the game, which tells me 
He's now fully comfortable with 83,000 people screaming. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's, he's right up to it now and goes, all right, now I'm going to make a big impact. And and like to have – his name hasn't been mentioned hardly at all, but to have Perkins – by Brad Scott going out to Perkins say, you're going to play on Crips this week Uh. and to match it with him and I think slightly edge him, especially that first quarter when the the kitchen was hot and Crips is the – like the captain, Carlton's lost, what, six Brown of the last line, seven, whatever. Yep. He was going to come out hard. And Perkins has 11, you know, nine or 10 disposals at quarter time and has a massive impact in the game. I was like, man, that's as exciting as it gets for an Essendon fan because, you know, the Parish and Shield, they, you know, uh, it's a separate debate, but they were re- in really good form the first six to eight weeks. Absolutely. They're good players, man. Mm. And and to have that come into the mix, Setterfield as well the first six weeks, by yes. the way, to have them come into the mix and we were so stringent on just a four-man outside stretch, five-man midfield rotation only. The rest play half forward, yep. that was it. And uh, it was those guys and we'd live or die by those guys. I don't know if Scott can – he can't deny Caldwell. He can't deny yeah. now that he has seven or eight midfield mix, like the Pies, like like sometimes like Geelong, they're a little bit more injured now, but when they're up all, all up and running, having that real depth seven or eight midfield rotation of quality guys going through the midfield, going through half forward and having big impacts, really good players. He's got some weapons now and... And then, and, then watched, <laughs> and then I watched and then I an 18-year-old kid have 25 and seven clearances in the VFL in his yeah. second game ever after not playing for a year. So uh, yeah, tell me I'm not excited about <laughs> where this midfield's going. Absolutely, man. And that's the thing. I think Brad's gonna have a hell of a lot of confidence now. Like he's got I, I I'm pretty sure he would have had confidence in Caldwell and Hobbs and all of those things, right? Because they're they're damn good footballers. But they've now had what, Parish and that have been out for six weeks? So six weeks worth of experience. Yeah, five, I counted actually did say five Parish has been out the last five games. Yeah, so the 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 confidence that he can now have in the likes of Caldwell and Hobbs should be undeniable for him. So he should be able to easily rep- not replace but rotate those guys through a mid more often. That would be great if you were Brad Scott. Brad Scott now knows that if you put you put the hard word on Caldwell, so to speak, um, he can step up. You put you put Hobbsy in the middle, he can step up. So mm. I think, geez, some real awkward but really mm. good com- uh, conversations and selections are going to be coming up very soon. And I will I will say because I get it all the time. We don't need Parish. I got I had my arguments on Twitter. I will say this: Parish has missed the last five games. We don't need Parish. Who said that? Oh, you'd be surprised. What? Uh, yeah, well, as in trade him for a better piece, for a full, oh, full back and all. Yeah. Pox on that in a massive way. I will say this. Darcy Parrish has missed the last five games. He still leads the club in total contested footy and clearances. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he's he's very much of high value. I get the Hobbs, and I, but I think he complements the Parrish setup. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to get rid of someone and just replace them. You're saying you can... Those guys can comp- complement each other as a bigger midfield rotation. That's I more my. I opinion. swear, a bloke that gets all Australian leads the comp, the whole comp in total possessions. Oh, what was he second? I think it was, but he almost top three in clearances and basically just bonus. absolutely and like almost had the most clearances for an entire AFL season, like last year or something like that. All Australian 
absolute second or third player picked in the entire team, he gets injured and now you want to trade him? (laughs) Just be happy that Hobbs and Caldwell and Perkins have shown some really impressive growth whilst he's been away. Now, put him back in the side because Hobbs and um, Perkins and Caldwell are going to be really tired, man. They're going to be tired because they haven't had the ability to be... Like they've been working hard in the midfield, but now yeah. let your workhorse and your gun, let me just say this again, all Australian midfielder, right, get back into that side and show people what he can do again. Yeah, I think the difference is is is, is like what I said before. It's just We just haven't had the, the heavy rotation. It's I'm just saying now you can add that and you, yes. can, and you can trust it. You can have, you know, Shield can definitely play half forward. Like it's no doubt about it. Shield, I've seen a couple. Of, yeah, he's yeah, been good. And he's he kicked six goals in his in his first five six games playing at half yeah. half forward, and, and you can rotate. Parrish is actually a half decent forward. I'm just saying you can rotate guys now. They weren't doing that. They're playing him 85 to 88 percent of the game. Zach Merritt as an example. You man. can like now do it 65 percent of the yeah. game and have these guys moving into the midfield and have the confidence that they can hold up their own. And that's, then when that's in- the biggest difference to the side that will win you finals because. You're not getting gassed out in the last quarter. In a you're big like, you're game. not going to Collingwood yeah. and going, we're gassed out. We've used our midfield the whole day, the whole game. Um, you've actually now got guys that can play 60% of their game through a midfield and then 20 to 30 in a forward line. And they're not as gassed. They can run out the game harder. And they're different looks too. Like Archie Perkins, different look. Caldwell is a different look. Hobbsy is a different look. You're going to have to play those guys differently if you're an opposition player. So, mate, I, I the fact that we're eight and five with three of our starting four mids out again, we've said this before, but it cannot be uh, underestimated. And to have Darcy back, um, and probably Setterfield's going to be a bit of a while, but um, Shirley back as well is going to be nothing but positive for the club. And look, the, the, just before we go to the break, the final positive: we're eight and five. And Peter Wright's only played one game. <laughs> yes. yeah, <laughs> and, and, and instantly you know with our system and a rusty Peter Wright, he kicked five, five. goals. <laughs> like, now, now let the system do its work. The boys haven't played with him for the entire season and they get him five goals. Now you've got a Peter Wright in a proper system playing. Absolutely. Uh, kicked 50-odd in a bad team uh, in bottom four. Now we've got a system going... It, it, it makes a boy <laughs> smile. I'll give you the hot tip, yeah, mate. Yeah, I'm telling you, we've got a team here. And um, it's growing and, and we should be very, very happy with how it's it's building and growing. So, Absolutely, mate. Straight after the break? Yeah, well, yeah. Let's, get, let's get Ronnie on the line. I, I know he's going to call us any moment now. So looks, let's get Ronnie on the line and uh, we'll be back right off the back, right after the break. Right after the break. <laughs> right after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, tonight we have a really special guest, um, one of the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast's favourite guests. Um, he's the Herald Sun sports writer, Mr. Ronnie Lerner. G'day, Ronnie. G'day, guys. Nice to be here again. Yeah, it's so good to have you on, Ronnie. And um, I must admit, we've had you on many times in the show. 
I reckon this is about the first time we're going to have an upbeat <laughs> show where positivity will will rain down uh, on this interview. And uh, uh, it's it's nice to have you, Ronnie Luna, with smiles on your face going, I've got good things to say about the Essendon Football Club. Yeah, I'll tell you what, every, uh, nothing against you guys, but every time I think of the lunchtime podcast, I just have bad feelings, bad oh, memories, that's... bad thoughts. And now all of a sudden, I think it's the first time I've been talking to you guys when um, yeah, I actually have a smile on my face. It's pretty, um, it's amazing. Uh, you know, nice. things can things can change. Things can change. Yeah, and look, let's get straight into it uh, because, look, um, it was obviously a big clash, big build up. It was the '93 reunion on Friday night. Um, I must admit, if being Perfectly honest, I had this gut feel that we were going in a bit tired. I just I was worried that we looked a bit tired recently and um, and maybe I was probably overlooking Sam Draper with his hip soreness and that and just going, I wonder if the club's tired. And I didn't go into it that confident this game, but the guys did it again. And uh, a five-goal win, they go eight and five. You know, what a terrific first half of the year. But, uh, again, with Carlton to – Weather the storm, where they probably should have been down two or three goals, but to to weather the storm by half time and then just in that third quarter just absolutely blitz it. As an Essendon fan, you can't be happier. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned how you were nervous heading into uh, the Carlton game last night because I reckon a lot of Essendon fans out there would have been feeling the exact same thing as you were. And uh, more broadly, if you really look at it this year, uh, uh, seven of... Essendon's eight wins. I reckon seven of them, it was those kind of games where Essendon fans would have had that same dread, oh, geez, what's going to happen yep. this week? As, as what's happened in the last many, however many years in recent years. You know, you look at the Hawthorne game. I'll freely admit, I skipped Hawthorne in round one. You look at the GWS game, the, the Gold Coast game, the North Melbourne game, the, the West Coast game even, you know, yep. Uh, yep. last night's game, even the Richmond game. You know, they'd beaten Essendon 14 times in a row or whatever it was. Each one of those games, I reckon there would have been a very big portion of fans thinking, oh, geez, we're going to lose the game that we should win, blah, blah, blah. Well, Essendon is now seven and zip in those games, in, the, in such games this year. And I think that is testament to Brad Scott's ability to, in a very short period of time, and I know we're only halfway through the year at the moment, but in a very short period of time, he has really turned around the mentality, not only of the players, but the club and I reckon the supporters as well. I think supporters now, uh, for the first time in a long time, heading into the second half of the season, I reckon that feeling of, oh, geez, we're going to lose the game that we should win, I reckon that's going to slowly but surely lessen and lessen as, as the year goes on and as these boys just keep on playing the footy that they're playing under their new coach. I'm, I'm happy to say I, I 100% agree with you, Ronnie. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very much with you that do I dare start to believe that the club is is capable of that consistency um, each week? The kind of consistency that you then go, yeah, look, the Tigers, they haven't beaten them in, in ages. Oh, West Coast over there, we could drop it. And even better than that, when we get down or if they, they the opposition gets two or three goals up on us or gets a bit of a run on it, we no longer have uh, three goals down and then turn that into six goals down. We have the ability to fight back and actually 
get up over the top of teams where they potentially would have run over us in the past. So, mate, I'm definitely with you because I'd, I'm just now, just after that Carlton win, I'm a bit with you. I go, well, that's everybody now. Like, that's pretty much everybody where you go, oh, we could lose this against Carlton because Cripps and, and Kerno mm. and, and all these guys. We could lose this because it's West Coast in West Coast and we could lose this because North are eh, not as bad as I think everybody thinks. Yeah. But we just keep getting over the line. So I, I, I agree. We were just sort of briefly talking before the um, the pod about the differences between um, Rutten and Scott. And the message must be so much clearer for the boys each week to allow them to be playing with the kind of purpose that they have, especially when you put them up against the Carlton side, what, what looked like us of the last couple of years or the previous couple of years, they just were running around headless. They didn't quite know what to do. They've got talent everywhere, but they didn't know what to do. And now our guys, even with three quarters of our starting midfield out, are running around with purpose and they know what they're doing. Well, uh, some really good points you raised there. In my opinion, I reckon this is the most consistent three-month period of football that Essen has played probably since Probably in a decade, I reckon, in 10 years. Oh, wow. every, every week, you know exactly what you're going to get from Essen. You know exactly how it's going to play out. You, you, you know that they're going, to, they're going to have a crack. Their effort is always there. They might, not win, they might not win every game, and they haven't won every game. But in all, I reckon all their losses have been admirable. Um, you know, even that Geelong game where Geelong kicked the first six goals, Essendon came back. They got within four goals in the third quarter. They didn't. They didn't disgrace themselves. You know, they played the game out, and they. I, I think they. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I reckon um, they they kicked a hundred in the end in that game against Geelong. So they just they they played the game out. They didn't drop the. It didn't become a 90, 95 hundred point loss as it could yeah, so easily yeah. been against the Geelong. So that's just an example. That's that's the consistency um, that Brad Scott has been able to bring because you can see the structure. You can see a. You can see out there, the players aren't confused. You can just tell that the messaging is clear. It's concise. There's no confusion. Everyone's very clear in their roles. Um, uh, uh, defensively, the structure is as sound as, as it's been in the past 10 years. Um, and they're just, they're just playing, you know, they're playing with, it, with a, a freedom uh, that, that you, you, with such consistent freedom. You haven't seen it very often. And it's really interesting that you bring up Carlton reminding you of Essendon from last year. Because there really is the eerie similarities. You know, if you look at, um, if you look at Essendon um, under Rudden, so Rudden's first year, Vosses versus Vosses' first year, both teams very attacking, you know, very exciting to watch. You know, Essendon made the finals, Cullen all but made the finals. You know, they're probably the unluckiest non-finals in history. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they're very similar there. Then in the second year, Rudden looks at the defence, oh, we should, you know, focus on that. But the overcorrection was way too far in the wrong direction, which is then you can sort of see it with Voss again this year, while what Rodden, what Rodden did last year. The similarities are really, are really stark. Like it's pretty, it's pretty spooky almost. Um, and it, it all, it all goes to show how important off-field stability is at a football club. Yep. You have not heard, you have not heard a peep from Essendon off the field this year. Not one little peep. Yep. Everyone. Everyone is on the same page. Everyone is pulling in the same direction. And listen, the list hasn't changed that much from last year. You know, they brought in Wiedemann, they brought in Setterfield. But outside of that, in terms of the, you know, oh, and Menzies playing a bit more regularly as well, and Davey, you know, Davey's playing here and there. Outside of that, the, the list hasn't, the, pretty much the, the list is pretty much very similar to last year. But look how much different they're playing this year. 
it, 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 it's such it's almost the most important ingredient to success having a stable club with no no ructions, no instability, no turmoil going on. As Essendon fans will well know, they're well accustomed to off-field turmoil in the last 10, 15 years. And you can just see they're all enjoying their footy. They're playing with freedom. They're, and they're really, I mean, you can just see they're just really enjoying playing for a guy um, like Brad Scott. It's just, it's all, I mean, we're only halfway through, kind of just past the halfway mark. But at the moment, you, you'd have to give, you'd have to give a massive kick to the season so far for Essendon because, um, it's it, it really, the, the football club is is night and day to last year, and they may have they may have clumsily handled that change that was required. <laughs> yep. yeah. let's, let's be fair; it was yep. pretty clumsy, but the end justified the means. The band aid had to get ripped off, and with all that sweeping change, look look at the club now. It's it's completely unrecognisable from what the circus that was going on last year at the hangar on almost a daily basis. Yeah, look, it's so good points. Uh, I found that halftime in this game against Carlton, probably the most significant moment I think of the year happened. And and Scott talked about this being that the, the injuries to Parrish, Setterfield and Shield, if you do it well, can be a blessing in disguise if, if you – if you don't overemphasize on on the injury part, just and have young kids play, say you're just going to play the role, and and they've been doing that for the the you know the dream time, the North game, the West Coast game. Uh, it's half time at, at Carlton. It's it's a two point game. It, Carlton's probably on top. Uh, you've got Kennedy, Chero, and you got Cripps, you got Walsh, and then suddenly they move Merritt to the forward line, right and in comes Perkins on Crips, you know, not in comes, he'd been playing on him most of the game, but you got Perkins on hit, uh, Crips, and then you got Hobbs, you got Caldwell, uh, and so you've got this young, and then what an amazing transformation of the game happens through these young kids. And I couldn't help feeling as an Essendon fan going, I know everything, some awesome things have happened in the first 13 games. This is the most significant quarter of I can remember for a while of the Essendon Football Club because what you get when you see the pies, you see seven or eight midfield rotations. We've tr- we probably haven't had that strength yet to do that. Now it feels like Scott has the ability to go, hey, we can probably have seven or eight rotations ourselves, and I can trust these players now. These kids are growing up. I thought Hobbs and Coldwell were, were absolutely fantastic. Mm. No, uh, I agree with what you say there. I think Hobbs and Caldwell, you can just see them growing before our eyes on a weekly basis. They are just becoming footballers, real reliable footballers. I mean, how hard at it is Benny Hobbs? I mean, my cousin today made a really good observation. He reckons he, re- he reminds him of a, a young Jason Johnson, Benny Hobbs, Ooh, um, like which, is, which, which is a big compliment. Yes. <laughs> no doubt about that. Yeah, it, it, he's, he's a really exciting young player. Caldwell, it took him a little, I think it's taken him a little while, especially with his disposal. I think his kicking can improve still a bit, but there's no denying what the effort that he brings to the table. Just relentless, just relentless. And then on top of that, you've got the absolute joker in the pack, who is a, a guy called Nick Martin, who has just oh, come yeah. out of the class. I mean, uh, how is he a preseason pick? I mean, the recruiters should hang their heads in shame because he... Not only is he probably, yeah, he would have to be in all Australian contention for the wing. Like you'd probably see Has Josh Stackhouse, 
Josh Jacobs has one wing locked down at the moment, but the other wing is up for grabs, and I reckon Nick Martin is right in the mix of that. So not only is he a wingman, but last night he has 30 touches, but he also has seven clearances. And the guy's just, there's nothing he can't do. He's in, in the space of, what, uh, 16 months, 17 months, he's become one of Essendon's top two, three ball users. Who would you think? It would be Zach Merritt, Nick Martin, the guys that you think... Those the two. Got the ball. Yeah, and yeah. Ridley, got Ridley the ball, as far as skills, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And even Redmond's probably, you know, they're probably yeah. the four. When, when they've got the ball, you can sort of rest easy, you know, it's going to hit a target. And, and as Essendon fans can attest over the last 20 years, those guys are not to be taken for granted because there haven't been too many of those guys that have walked through the Essendon Football Club's door. So when you see Martin has the ball or a merit, you just, you know, it's going to hit a target nine times out of ten. And for Martin, and for Martin to be already in that category after 20, what, 30 odd games, <laughs> the guy is just, it's been meteoric. I said, last night, said, on, I said last night on the Patreon show that, Am I going crazy, or is he now a top fifty player in the AFL? What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, listen, that, that, those those two things might not might not be mutually exclusive. You might be going crazy. I don't know what you're doing <laughs> your personal life, but, 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 Nick Martin, <laughs> but Nick Martin is probably also a top fifty player as well. So uh, yeah, they both can be true. I think. No, <laughs> mate, I'm just joking. No, no, mate, trust me. I know him well. It's very but true. That's our time for Ronnie. <laughs> Thanks, Ronnie, for joining us. No, just um, now, mate, one thing I think to to try and describe the impact that. Um, um, that he's had on the on the on the club, he's almost like getting a top ten draft pick, like a top ten draft pick that's really performing. Some a kid that's uh, yeah. come through that is really performing. He's like a, it's like another top ten draft pick. And he was what pick one fifty in the end, wasn't yeah, he? What, what, pick along those in the lines. Essentially, it was like he, he was added to he was added to Essendon's list about two or three weeks before the season started last. Yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. Mind boggling. Yeah. It's mind boggling. Absolutely. And then, but, and, and those examples that you brought up last night, you know, the third, the third quarter, how crucial it was. But then you've also got um, a guy like Zach Merritt, who I reckon has been a fantastic choice for captain this year. You've got him doing the selfless thing, as you'd expect, but going up forward to break the tag of Ed Kerno. And it just it threw Carlton out of whack because they didn't know what to do with Kerno. And Essendon ended up getting six of the first seven clearances of the third quarter. And Merritt actually ended up having a hand in quite a few of those goals in that yeah, crazy yeah, run. So he, so he still had an impact by sacrificing his game. I mean, that's just great, that, that's just great leadership. And that holds, you know, leading by example like that, that holds the team in, in really good stead as well. So, um, and then as you mentioned earlier, you've still got Parrish, Setterfield and Shield to come back in, yeah. in the next couple of weeks as well. I mean, they're in a very good they're in a very good spot in that midfield, I think, at the moment. Absolutely. Now, Matt, I wanted to get your opinion. There's, when, we, uh, when we sort of filter through the Facebook page and Scotty's Twitter and all the different socials, we get a lot of up-and-down feedback about our, our back line. Now, I, I, I personally think that Rids is – it's Rids and Moore at um, centre-half back for mine. Uh, he's – He's the, the absolute anchor of our back line. He's incredibly good. We've got Laverde down who, that, down there that's a, been a revelation down back. Hindy and Heppel and BZT's been great. I mean, BZT is going to struggle against um, Harry Mackay but because Harry Mackay weighs as much as a small block of flats. Um, and th- th- he's going to have problem with those, some of those bigger boys, but I'd really like to get your opinion on our back line. Yes, I think... Um I think the back line, and this is absolutely no um, no slight on the back line. I think over the last three years, um, through necessity, actually one of the good things that Ben Rudd did do was 
turned Laverde and James Stewart, obviously before he got injured, into key defenders because that's yeah. what the club needed. So this is no slight on the back line. I think the last three years, um, they've been admirable. You know, they've punched above their weight for many, for many, many games, you know, uh, two or three years in a row. But they are, but I still do view the Essendon back line as a bit, still a bit makeshift. You know what I mean? I still think, I really do think that um, Essendon need to chase at least one, one key, real bona fide established key defender in the off season okay. to really bolster. Yeah, to really, but it's that back line right now. It won't take you to a premiership, in my opinion. It needs a bit more meat on the bone. And in my opinion, Ben Mackay from North Melbourne, that, that is the guy that Essendon should be chasing. If, if he wants to leave North Melbourne, I'm not sure if he does, but I, I do believe he's out of contract this year. If he wants to leave North Melbourne, Essendon should be moving heaven and earth to get a guy like Ben Mackay or someone like him into the club because that will just take the, the back line to the next level. Because you've got, like, Laverde, I mean, fantastic, reliable. He's been really good since he's gone down back overall. Like, he hardly misses the game. Like, he's yeah. probably one of the first picks everywhere. But he's, I don't see him as, like, a number one real gorilla type. He's, he's pretty much a number two or a number three who's almost been forced to play as a number one for three years. Yeah. So if you bring in, if you bring in like, a Ben Mackay or something like that, then, then you get... The, the domino effect is obvious. So then Laverde might can opponent, I guess, a lesser opponent. You know, because on the weekend, Laverde was on Charlie Kerner. And don't get me wrong, did a great job. But, you know, um, he, he won't have to play that role, which I, you know, and then, and then, and then it allows, it allows guys like, um, Zerk Thatcher to probably, um, probably, um, develop, fast track his development. You know, and I agree, this has been his best year easily this year. But, there are, they still have been games where he has looked a little iffy. Like that, obviously the Geelong, the Geelong game is the obvious one where Hawkins, you know, kicked six and a half on him or whatever. Yeah. Um, Oscar so Allen also, yeah, yeah. Oscar Allen, yeah. So there, so yeah, so there are a few instances still where he's not, he's still not there yet. So yeah, that, that's definitely the one period. And then hopefully, uh, the other thing is you can't rely on Zach Reed anymore. Uh, unfortunately, that's just how it is. His body just keeps breaking down. So you need to, you really do need to really, I think Essendon needs to beef up the back line just a little bit, especially in the, the key position areas. Because I think guys like, um, uh, guys like, you know, obviously Ridley who plays, uh, who play, who can play small at all, he's, he's just a freak. And Redmond, they're, they're elite. They're elite. There's no dramas with those kind of guys. But also I think Hind isn't, Hind isn't exactly as good as he was in 2021. He, he was pretty good last night, but you know, he's, not as reliable this year. Decision making is probably let him down a little uh, on occasion this year, and and Hep isn't going to be there forever. As as good as his his recent form has been, full credit to him, and it's been really good to see because I personally thought he was probably gone at the end of last season, yep. and I thought he was probably I actually thought he was probably gone even earlier this year, but he's getting getting his answers back, and I think he's been pretty good the last month or so. But I don't think he's going to be there. He's not going to be there for much longer. So I think the, the back line is definitely an area that will get a bit of attention um, from Dodoro and Co. in the in the, definitely this summer for sure, and probably going forward as well. So that's, okay. yeah, that, that's probably what I'll say about that. Yeah, okay. Just quickly, it's not, it's, listen, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not a disaster down there. But, yeah, no, absolutely not. But yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. I think McGrath is definitely not the complete. I think McGrath's stabilised somewhat a little bit more this year to help the Redmonds and that 
just to yeah. get, get off the chain. I feel like McGrath's been a really important piece in all this because, yeah. one, defensively he's so sound. But he, he, he when you have him, Ridley and Redmond all being able to rebound strongly um, and also be, you know, mid-20s leadership kind of voices, it just feels to me like they're a little bit more mature when McGrath's there now. Yeah, and listen, he's also been – he's had a few little iffy moments as well, like uh, that Richmond game when he just gave away two goals. It's, I still, <laughs> yeah. That still comes to mind, but that's all right. Listen, oh, the, the, the body of work, I agree. Defensively, he's though, he's very sound. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, he's been a stick this year going back, so that's been a good move. But, yeah, the, the back line, Essence back line is not the complete package just yet. No, no, it's not. I, I, I agree with that. Were you surprised with Peter Wright? I mean, I generally uh-huh. am. It is incredible, but – uh, it, it's it is amazing because we look we scored eighty six points. People might say, "Oh, that's okay." We only had forty one inside fifties, so we mm, so mm. we actually were very efficient. And the especially after halftime, the 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 change up and the look when they when the midfielders started to choose between lowering their eyes or going to Peter Wright, it felt like a completely different side. First half they've went, oh, Peter Wright's back and let's just kick it long every time. Second half, when they decide to just be a bit more calm and look at all the options, then Peter Wright's value just went through the roof. Well, I mean, this is this is a, another thing about Brad Scott. I mean, people people forget, and it's very easy in this day and age, you know, people's attention spans are about five seconds. But Peter Wright was Essendon's best and fairest for the last year. He kicked 50-odd goals in the bottom four teams. The guy's elite. He's one of the Essendon's most important players. And over the first 12 weeks, Essendon was 7-5 and five without him. Brad Scott has just managed to manufacture results yeah. just based on ingenuity with the Carl personnel. Carl Langford deserves an actual Thank medal. Carl Langford, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely right. And and Peter Wright, and, and I think what was the stat last night? I think Essendon was 12-2 from set shots. I mean, that's the game right there. I mean, that, that was, you know, people trying to overcomplicate footy. At the end of the day, Bad kicking is bad football. It's, it's sometimes is as simple as that. And good kicking, shock horror, is very good for you. And shock horror, so that, yeah. you know, Scott, you, you put it through the big stick, you tend you tend to win more games than you don't. Um, and that's just, just it, I think that's you know that's a big uh, commentary on modern footy these days because the goal kicking has been so bad recently that if you can actually convert most of the shots you get, you you, you know you're gonna funnily enough you might win the game. But yeah, the 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 forward line was. Um, yeah, I was humming beautifully. Peter Wright, he, how good was he? He's just stepped straight back in and he's taking... But not only is he taking marks, but he's like he's causing anxiety down there. You know, yeah, Lewis exactly. Young... Yeah. There were, yeah, there were times where Lewis Young was a little bit... He didn't know what to kind of do. And, you know, and and he's just such a beautiful shot for goal. Like, was it his sec- first or second goal that from, like, 50 out on the members' wing or members' half or something? Was, uh, yeah, he's, he's such an important player and... To, to be seven and five without him in the team, and now he is back in the team. That's just that is just a massive, massive performance from the Bombers. Yeah. And um, yep. And, and spe- sorry, uh, speaking of forward efficiency, I think um, Redmond's pass to right for his fourth. Oh. I think what's that? What? How, how, was that might have been the pass of the year? Missed the just... fingertips perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And perfectly. The, yeah, it was magnificent. So you're right. They looked. So much more, um, they look so much more direct and so much more um, organised with Peter right back in the team. 
And you know, Sam Wiedemann's been pretty ordinary the last couple of weeks. But yeah. I, I, I do. I, but I do want to see. I don't think they should drop him because I because I do want to see how they both work in tandem. We haven't seen it yet. So yeah. the reason why they brought that's the reason why they brought Wiedemann over is to act as a foil yeah. or a, a tandem for Peter Wright. So let's just see how it goes for the next couple of weeks. I don't uh, think they should drop him just yet. I, I, I perfectly agree. And look, there's, I think there's one guy that's a little bit unsung hero on this. Um, and just the, if you want one percenters, I really think Jai Menzi is, uh, feels like an important little piece because he had two or three moments in that game where there was just a, a late fist, obviously a critical tackle that, that um, in, in 30 yards out. He just had these moments where he's high pressure and he's actually quite a strong guy so he he can hit you hard but uh we like we joke we call him two gold men see on the podcast because <laughs> he just happens to, like, yeah, and we always like that we you look up and he's, oh, he's got two goals and um but he, he seems to be getting each week scott had a lot of faith in me he had a stretch of about four weeks where he was really quiet and yeah. scott would just refuse to because he saw something in him and i think he's now getting the rewards yeah no he's been He's been pretty solid this year. I thought last night he was he was one of the main reasons, um, you know, that you know, that ferocious pressure. I think the, the tackle count was sixty four thirty three in Essendon's yeah, favour. I think men, and and I think I think the inside fifty tackle count was seventeen to six in uh, favour of Essendon. I've got twenty to seven. Twenty to seven. There you go. Uh, so twenty to seven. Twenty to seven. And uh, and obviously Menzi plays a big part in that. But more broadly, I think obviously they identified that that sort of small forward role is something that they really needed to address. And now you've got, you've got Menzi, you've got Guelphie, he's back in the team, he's had an impact since he's yep. come back. You've got, the da- you've got one Davey that's thereabouts, you've got another David coming back next year. All of a sudden, you've got options in that part of the ground which they really needed to address and, and they've done a good job of addressing it so far. So I think um, there's another, uh, another tick where I think you know, they've identified an area and they've said, we've got to fix it. You bring in Menzi, Guelphie's obviously he was he's already been there for a few years, but he's a he's a real he's a very underrated player, Matt Guelphie. And yeah, yeah the Davy Boys. The Davy Boys are there you know, on the list now as well. So I think they've done a good job in that area. Now one one guy I wanna sort of I mean he when he when he does what he does, he gets all the, the plaudits in the world, um, and he can do it from anywhere at any stage with his left or right, and that's the package, right? We all know that when the package gets the ball, he is just kick it, Jake, because you've got full license. Doesn't matter, just do it. But I want I want to shout out Jake's ex, uh, like effort at the moment for the last however many weeks, maybe three or four weeks. Jake's tackling and second efforts to get up off the ground and tackle again and really go at the ball has been brilliant. And I know everybody loves Jake when he kicks it a barrel from outside 50 and kicks a goal and stuff, but I really wanted to shout out his extra effort. He's blue collar at the moment, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point. He's, um, he's just such an important player. Like, I mean, in my opinion, he's probably yeah, at, his, at his absolute best. I think he is Essendon's best player when he's yeah. at full flight. If, if any if any player you, you you sort of contemplate any of the player on the list, them at their full flight, Jake Stringer comes out on top in my opinion. Okay. I mean, you just have to look you have to look at his game against Geelong. That's probably one of the best individual performances of any player this year. One off, you know. Yeah. I mean, he was he was remarkable against Geelong in that in that game. Um, now you're right, he's a very important player, and he's doing those. I mean, that game against uh, late against North Melbourne uh, last week. That's just indicative of 
of what he's become. That that tackle, that smother that led to D'Ambrosio's match-winning goal. Yep. And that's that, that's that's what Drake Stringer is all about these days. And you add that layer to what he's what we already know he's capable of. You add that layer of that defensive, disciplined, uh, team-first uh, stuff that that Brad Scott's instilled in him. See, whiz, how's he going to? It's actually frightening to think what, what his next big game is going to look like because it could just be one for the ages. Really encouraging for the rest of the team as well to see a, a high-profile, probably now senior player at, at the team doing the mm. small things in the one percenters. And it's not just Jake has a crack at the goals and then doesn't do much going back the other way. He's chasing, he's he's putting in the effort, he's, he's lending the bullocking hand in the midfield when he needs to. So... I, I, I tell you what, I, the more I think, the more I see the players play, the more I see the freedom that Martin has, um, the focus that Merritt has, the effort that Jake has. I'm not saying that's not they've never done that before, but I reckon Scott and the coaching team has brought that out of those players and have refocused Jake Stringer in a way that I haven't seen in a few years. He's like you said, he's left, right. He's got full license to do what he likes when he likes. He's probably the only player at the club that has barrel outside 50 license. Um, but, <laughs> but he, um, he's also now, like you said, he's really focusing on those one percenters and it's got to be good for the young kids, right? To see Jake putting in that kind of effort as well. And this is the Brad Scott ethos. You, you want to play a senior game under Brad Scott, Two non-negotiables, defensive effort and pressure. There is tackling. Those are the three three fundamentals that you there are non-negotiables. And I think Zach Merritt said in an interview earlier this year that over the preseason, they were focusing on defense for 90% of the summer and only offense for the 10%. And it goes to show because you can see out on the ground how they're all set up, how they're all structured, how disciplined they are and what, what's required of them, their effort levels. They're they're really they're they're really relentless. They're unrelenting in their attack on the ball or uh, overall. Like just been an incredible transformation in a very short period of time. So um, yeah, it's it's a very it's a very um, very optimistic place because because I think this is this is um, you know there have been a few times in the last ten years where these essence look good, these essence look good here and there, but in terms of a vision for sustainable long-term um, results and performances. I think you, we're seeing the foundations being laid for that, which is for the first time in a very long time, I think. And I think that's the key point, isn't it? I, I've said many times uh, on the show that this has an authentic feel about it, not a just a where we've had a bad year and we just we got angry about it and we're up and about and we're relying on individual brilliance or Stringer to take over a game or it, it's a system that's doing it. It's more methodical now and it's more professional um, in, in how we approach games and that's making it more authentic in in a club changing for real this time. So Repeatable change. Yeah, so ha- I guess just look before we, uh, before we leave you, uh, final question. Where to from here? <laughs> so they've obviously got uh, what ten or eleven more games to go. Where where do you see the where do you see this going? Do you think they can just can continue on their merry way, or you know, or like what's your gut feel is where this is going for what could be a possible September, maybe even look. Well, listen. So Essendon's eight and five now, right? So, and they've got West Coast and North to come. So you'd think as improved as North has been, 
you think you can mark those two down as wins. So, uh, for all intents and purposes, Essendon are now 10 and 5, let's just say. So, out of their other, what, eight, uh, eight games, they'll need to get two or three wins. That's a pretty good position to be in. So, I think really, if they can't make the finals from this position, something's incredibly wrong because, no, you, uh, from this position, there's really no excuse. You've got to make the finals from here. And how far they go, who knows? I mean, I mean, I'll look at Fremantle the next game. I, Fremantle, it doesn't matter where it is. It's over there. I think that's, that's eminently winnable, yeah. winnable. Yeah. Very winnable. I think, uh, you know, Essendon almost favourites going to that game because the Dockers have got a very soft underbelly. You know, I mean, Port Adelaide is, is a tough game. That will be a huge test. Adelaide's a tough game. I mean, who, who, did I read somewhere that people were saying that, you know, Essendon's got the easiest run home? I look at their run home. It's not all it's not that easy. easy. Then you got, not then, as easy as people got, think it is. Yeah, then Geelong in Geelong, then the Bulldogs. I mean, Sydney, geez, like yeah. if that's easy, yeah, Sydney's probably a little easier, but never. Uh, yes, and Sydney always traditionally is a, is a hard fought game. Yeah, and then you got oh, yeah. So I mentioned West Coast and North, uh, but then Collingwood in the final round. I mean, geez, like if that's an easy run home, uh, I'd hate to see what a tough run home is. <laughs> that's true. I made a, I made a. Uh, I hope for you get this as an Essendon fan. I'll see. I'll see if you get this. But I made a funny joke that. Because uh, Tabadar's not playing in Frio. I said, we're, we're, we're already, I said, we're already six goals up. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's seven. I think it's seven, mate. I'm not six. I think it's seven goals. <laughs> he just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, we make that yeah. guy a star every time we play oh, him. So I, the fact that he's absolutely. not playing is uh, yeah. actually gives me confidence in a weird way because I go, well, we don't have to worry about him. No doubt. No doubt about that, uh, for sure. But I think, look, I, I know this sounds funny. I think Port Adelaide at the G is winnable. Like we only lost by five points oh, over there. Like it's it's, it's definitely winnable. It's winnable for sure, yeah, but it's tough though. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Essence, they'll go in favourites, but they, but every, Parrish every and Shield will be yeah. back. He'll be strong team. Nah, listen, every every game from now on, you'd have to say es- the way Essendon's been playing is winnable. But I'm just all I'm saying is it ain't the. See, oh, if that's the easiest run home, I'll be very surprised. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some, We're gonna well, have to play very yeah, good football. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think you can mark down probably two, two North and West Coast. So out of the other, out of those other eight games, I'll need another two or three wins. I when you put it that way, it should be that should make doable. Should yeah, make very doable. Yeah, 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 for sure. All righty, mate. Look, you've been awesome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Look, I can't appreciate it enough. Um, now, pleasure, guys. Yeah, it's 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 been upbeat and it's <laughs> mate the amount of the positive words the amount of positive <laughs> words we've all used it's just been amazing. <laughs> you should you should you should do an exercise and um, marry up the last time I was on and that's contrast a, for the, yeah, that's for the, not a bad idea. Great, different person. Do a uh, Ronnie's greatest hits of concerns. Uh, that's exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no worries, boys. All the best, man, and, um, yeah, love your work. Uh, obviously, check out Ronnie's articles when they come out. Check out on his Twitter page for sure. Um, he, he's, he does some great work for the Herald Sun. So check out his stuff. Follow him on Twitter and, and can't thank you enough, mate, and uh, enjoy the rest of your night. No worries. Thanks, fellas. Cheers, man.
And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Great interview. Yeah, look. We love that, man. Seriously. Yeah, Ronnie's great. He's and it's nice baby. to have him with a bit of, bit of, posi- a bit of positivity. <laughs> was, I don't mean that, that from him. That was the most lively I've ever heard him say. So I don't mean that from him like he's a negative guy. I just meant... It's oh, nice to we was we were such as we were as morbid as he was absolutely, and it, <laughs> but it's nice to it is nice to hear like, from a guy who knows what he's talking about and all right, like he know he genuinely knows football to hear him talking positively so openly about the Essendon Footy Club and positively, yeah, it, it should give. I reckon it should give the listeners a real um, dose of confidence that the club is in heading in the right direction. I mean, sure, we're eight wins and everybody loves when we win and we're four in a row, but that's from a guy who knows what he's talking about and you can see that he's put some considerable thought into the direction of the club and he, he, he seems to be real happy with it. So um, really can't thank Ronnie enough um, for that interview. He's great. No, absolutely, yeah. It was his fantastic words. So, look, what I wanted to do is actually just quickly mention uh, the VFL. So, I did go on to go to Icon Park on uh, Sunday, which is the old Princess Park for us, us old veterans, us oldies, yeah. Um, and look, it was it was a really good game. So, uh, it was. Um, well, look, we did lose, <laughs> and so uh, Carlton were, were the stronger side, and. Um, we Jake Kelly pulled out with a, I believe a bug um, that he had all week, so he, he couldn't play. Um, that actually meant Tex Wanganin had to be uh, get called out and be an emergency for the for the main game. Then Phillips came in, you know, into the game as we know, and D'Ambrosio um, came sub. So look, some of the guys obviously at last minute got pulled out of the VFL, made us a little bit weaker. So even though there were some good names there. They're all, all young names, and and Carlton actually had a much seemed to have a much more mature, strong bodied list. So, yep. and we've seemed to be having this regularly every week where this people go, oh, you know, there's this no and this guy, and you know, well, he's eighteen, he's yeah, nineteen, they're, they're, he's they're kids, yeah. yeah, they're still they're playing against twenty five year olds a lot. So, um, yeah, so but look, obviously, look, people got asked me about the obvious name, uh, Elijah Sada. So, let, <laughs> look, he had. So I noticed the stats have slightly changed today, so they update the stats to make it more more complete. So he had 25 disposals, seven clearances, uh, and two tackles. So that's, you know, for his second game in pretty much a year, That's you're not going to complain about that. I, th- I think that's going to be... <laughs> Like the kid's that talented that that's par for the course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for Sardis, he I seems think. to... Yeah, he, he has that ability to have... I mean, I saw it, I watched it and went, that's so good. That was actually a quiet 25 disposal, seven clearance. <laughs> like, like you go, oh, I reckon there's another notch to go here. Um, because he, you can tell he's still working things through and just getting used to the, because yeah. he wouldn't, he's only played junior football of his age, right? So you still got to remember when they put him on a wing, he played the first half on a wing, then played the second half in the midfield. That midfield's really mature. And uh, like the previous week he played on Cunnington sometimes in the midfield. Yeah. These are proper big, big boys. Um, so, he's, you know, he's going to get bounced off a little bit, but he's still getting 25 and 7 clearances on on that frame and that 18 years old at this moment. So you can only think of it as very, very positive of what this kid can I do. S- I saw the some more highlights of, uh, of him breaking away from a pack. And that's his specialty. And there. he's quick, man. Yeah. He's he's a tall kid, and he's quick. Um, looks like he's good by foot. So yeah, look, man. I I don't think it's it's really 
uh, unknown that we've got a serious talent there. Um, it's just going to be a matter of time, basically, um, until he works his way into the seniors. It, it may happen towards the end of the year. Who knows? But he's going to be... He's going to be very, very good, and and get down to the VFL because it's great to watch a kid like that. You I love, know. yeah, I love, I, I go because I love watching the progression. Yeah, like I, I watched Hobbs last year, and he's even coming through the preseason to seeing that go. Oh, he's a competitive beast, oh, yeah. and I love to see it, the development. And it's just something I just for me, I, I absolutely love. But one player that really stood out to me, and it was just his second game as well, and he's played. Reserves in Perth. Yeah, hello. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Jaden Hunter, man. Uh, don't lose. Yeah, don't lose your attention on this guy because four goals, nine marks, twelve disposals. Hello. That's in your second game of VFL, and that's a that's a big upgrade from where he played. That was a. He showed some really nice things, and when the club, I was interested when the club recruited him. Rob uh, Forster Knight said one interesting aspect that he's really good at on the lead at creating space and getting a lead two or three meters on his opponent. And that's what I saw. So for his height, his mobility, he's actually got a good first two steps. And I just noticed that opponents are struggling to go with his first couple of steps and he creates like two meters separation very quickly. Um, So he's, his gift for me at the moment, he's really good on the lead and finding space and he's going to be very dangerous that way. Um, and look, his second part, a bit like Peter Wright, he's got a beautiful kicking action okay. and, and he, he can kick 60 metres very comfortably and can kick it straight. And uh, he kicked a really nice one from the boundary line, you know, 50, sort of 40, felt like 45 metres out. Um, and look, he, he had a really good presence. Like I said, nine marks, you four goals, you, you do a joke, man. No, it, it was, you know, it was a really, really impressive performance and it, it's healthy. It gives a nice, healthy respect for Wiedemann and that you just, you want that pressure coming through. Of course you do. And I'm, you know, obviously we just talked to Ronnie Lerner. We, we're obviously not dropping him or anything, nothing like that. I'm just saying it's just good to have pressure on spots and, and that you have to have players coming through. Yeah, and that would would have been very much noticed. So, um, Coxie played uh, as a, a rover. Um, I, I'll just say patchy game. Um, he's obviously not played that position before, so I, you know, I'm going to give him a massive chop out because he's never played that role. He's played either wing or half back, and he's not used to roving to Nick Bryan. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, he did some. He definitely did some good things. There's no doubt about that. Um, but he's in a very much in a development phase. I'll say in learning that role. Um, uh, I'll be intrigued to see what they're trying to do. Are they just trying to get him into the game to, to yeah, hands on the ball? And it's an interesting one because my always been my aspect of him when we talked about the wing. I said I said I only feel like he he needs to learn how to win the footy, and so I. That part of it, I go, well, I can understand what you're trying to do, Essendon, because there's no other position to learn how to win the footy than that position where he's playing. On the ball, yeah. And and he's so talented that if that gets him to that next stage and learns a craft of of winning footy and and learning and reading players, then that will help him in no out. So it was a really interesting midfield setup. For most of the game, it was Waller, Davey, Cox and Brian. Really interesting. Wow. And it was like it was almost like you four get get running, get, get your hands on the ball, get, get some the leather poisoning. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and, and look, Davy. I thought Davy was it was quite quite good. So he he definitely looks better up the field to me. He did some really nice yeah. things. I mean, you do see his height and his frame at the moment get caught out sometimes. There's no doubt, but I thought he was really good. Some really nice tackling. Um, and look, he had some really good chain link up. Waller is is to his credit is actually fighting tooth and nail. He's He's not moving like the Waller I know. Uh, that's just being frank. Um, but his head and his pressure and and his co- competitiveness is actually is actually been really really impressive. And he's doing a lot of hard work. And uh, yeah, if you just got to get, get keep building his fitness, and he'll get better and better and better. Uh, but he, I really look. I'll be honest. I'm really impressed with his work rate. The last guy I'm just going to mention. Um, had five minutes of a bad patch, which a little bit down to our midfielders. Um, but overall, his game was so spectacular, and that's Kane Baldwin, that I still think there's there's a serious play there at down back. He took some amazing marks on his opponent, uh, really high-level contested marking. And, oh, gee, I think there's a play there. And, you know, I... I'm probably going to talk about this a few times, I think, but I, I just see something really, really good there yeah. and I'm going, oh. And then, you know, his release kick is really good. and just So so honestly, though, like which position does he take? Is it the is it the BZT yeah, role that, or is it the Jake uh, Kelly role? Uh, it's a good question. I, I, I'm i not trying to sit on the fence, but I generally don't know. I don't, okay. uh, I'm still trying to work that out because if he's, his height just makes it the awkward part. I was like, I'm uh. trying to, he feels like he's, he's in between of everything. And I'm going, what's his best position? I, I had him as possibly playing on Mackay at one stage, going, oh, I wonder if we will consider that. And, um, you know, the more I thought about it, the more Mackay was so tall, Too tall probably yeah. Zerk was still probably the better option. But, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I I, I think his mobility is really improving, so he's getting Kelly a little bit more um, to that stage. But he's going to be a different, definitely a different style player to Kelly yeah. because he's going to mark so much. Yeah. Um, he backs himself in marking contests and he wins most of them. Like it's his hands are really really impressive. He just doesn't drop marks. So I I just really enjoyed his game. Uh, so look. They are struggling the VFL. I know that sounds all positive, but they've lost probably like seven in a row. So. Yeah. Um, but they're, look, they're, they're a young, skinny side and they're just getting physically worn over by about three-quarter time. They're competing yeah, okay. up to then and then usually getting overrun in the last quarter. And that's just reality of where we are. Though that will that will improve um, pretty quickly, um, I think, from here when you – when the Setterfield and Parrish and Shield and that, yeah. and, um, and that all, that'll, you know – that's all, and even Kelly, and you know, all that yep. all starts to be available um, when four guys have to go back to the some VFL. Big decisions need to be made. Yeah. You're obviously going to get, you know, mature some mature guys going back to the VFL as well. So, um, but yeah, I'm not talking about that because I have no idea how Scott's going to approach all that. So that'll be interesting. But look, uh, for us, for just to wrap up of the first 13 weeks, Essendon Football Club, well done. Still got a way to go. We, you know us. We're being a bit more. We're being Brad Scott like here, going. It ain't, doesn't stop here. Well, we if the season was thirteen weeks long or whatever, whatever round we'd we're say in, brilliant. We'd say done. That that's a great season. Congratulations. Uh, we don't need to tell the Essendon Footy Club that it's not. They well and truly understand. Scott and preaches that message every absolutely. Week. And I think as Ronnie pointed out in there. We're almost there, man. We're almost at a stage where I've asked this on the Facebook page and on the, the pod before. Are we at a stage now where we can 
go into each week knowing that we're going to put up the kind of show, not that, no, that's the wrong words. We, we're going to be the kind of consistent professional football club that is required to not only play finals but win, a, win, a, some, win some of them, right? Or we're almost there. I reckon we're dead set we're almost close. there yeah. where I could be confident. We're definitely hard to beat. Yeah, because like like Ronnie said, man, we we West Coast over there. We've beaten North, who was sort of up and about, if not for a bad decision against Sydney. Um, we beat Richmond. We beat these teams where we would have definitely last year or the year before lost it. Mm. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really pleased. Go back and listen to some of our middle of the year pods last year, mate. <laughs> that we were saying things like we we just don't understand what's going on. We don't we don't we can't see the boys. The boys are doing. If you look at their stats, they're running around. They're putting huge kilometers up on the on the their um their uh, just telemetry. Just wrong spots. Just running to the wrong spots. Just doing things that are incorrect because they had no idea what they were doing. Now we have a consistent brand of football, which I know from a fan's point of view, it might be a bit selfish to say I want to know what my club's going to do each week. But I think the the club actually understands as well that. The whole kiss, keep it simple, stupid type thing is really working. So I'm, I, I yeah. couldn't be happier. Um, congratulations to the club on a great first half of the year. And, uh, mate, I'd, I'm looking forward to the next half. I really am. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you'd be crazy if someone said, look, the only reason you're not in fourth spot is just because of percentage. Yeah. You'd be like, what? Fourth? <laughs> what? Top Absolutely. Four? So, yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a it's just a fantastic first 13 rounds. And let's go for the next – Absolutely, and the other thing too that Ronnie mentioned is you haven't heard a peep out of the club. Yeah, if that's not a, it's so important. The stability is now the big key. time, and I think the club well and truly understands. If they if they didn't before, they well and truly do now. That nobody, even Sheeds, nobody's saying nothing. Right, like the president yeah. is not out every two minutes. You don't hear nothing from the board unless the board has something important to tell you. Rat Scott's the front and centre face of big this football time. Club. And anything you want to know, you want to ask a question, you ask Brad Scott. Yeah. If there's an issue with which some- is very shitty esque error as well, because you. We were a very quiet club yeah. with McMahon's and all that, uh, and Evans and that. So it was a sheedy front center because they because they're good. He at was it. the club, and I'll control things. I'll control the narrative. That's it because he's It'll good be all at on it. field. There's yeah. going to be no journo's that catch him out on silly questions, and he makes a stupid mistake or something. I bet you, if you ask Brad Scott, say, "Hey, Brad, what does the PNL statement look might look like for this um, first two quarters of the year?" It wouldn't phase Brad. He'd say something along the lines of, that's not my job, mate. If you'd like to refer that back to the club, they can give you an answer. It's just he's in full control of the narrative that's uh, that's happening in the club and he's consistent with it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's working, right? So his consistency is, is great. Calm. So yeah. And he's calm. So, yeah, I, I can't be I can't be happy with the club's performance, especially the boys too. Like, I know we've, we singled out Stringer and we singled out um, Rids because they're guns. But, mate, everybody, Will Snelling, just great, working really well. Can't wait for Setters and, and um, Parrish and Shearley and those boys to come back. I hope Nick Cox just flourishes into the play we think he's going to be. So congratulations, boys. We're loving it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think even Parrish and, and Reed were doing some quite heavy training uh, just recently. So they're, they're ramping up to – Good. To, to, I think they're both going to play some sort of football Post the buy, okay. um, and it'll be you know one maybe Viva, one maybe I reckon Parish might walk but in. Yeah. To have these names back, you know, playing footy is is great. So absolutely, good times for to be an Essendon fan. So thank you everyone for the first half of the year. Thank you for the support of the show for the first half of the year. Absolutely, it's crazy that we've had 
you know, your, your Coldwells and Setterfields and Langfords and Guelph on this show. It's, Hello, man. It's been a magical first half of the year for our show as well. So, look, we appreciate the support that you always give us in the kind comments. Uh, go Bombers, and we'll talk soon, hey? Yes, mate. Catch you later.